Hey everybody, welcome to the Command Cinema Podcast. My name is Drew. My name is Malachi, and today we have a special guest. Hi, I'm Josh. (laughs) (laughs) Josh. Josh, do you want to introduce yourself real quick? Yeah, um, I'm Josh. I like movies, and I have a podcast of my own. uh, And a band. And a band. Yeah. Yeah. Do you care to tell us a little bit about your podcast and band? Um, So do the podcast first, because it's the... Uh, it's better. Um, I interview independent artists every Thursday over at the Little Guys podcast. Um, it's a lot of fun. We've got a lot of great people coming on starting this week, uh, starting this upcoming Thursday, and then moving into the next like five months. We've got a lot of great artists to share with people. If you had to pick someone who you're most excited about the episode coming out, who would it be? Uh, I'm tied between two. One of my, I got one of my favorite bands right now on. Uh, this is a band called Sweet Petunia out of Berkeley. Um, it's just this great Americana band. Um, but also I got Mike Park on my show. He's like a ska music legend. And so I've been bragging about that one for like three months. Yeah, so I'm tied between cool. those two. Yeah. Are you a big ska guy? Yeah, I love ska music. If I could, I'm trying to learn the trumpet. I was talking about it on Twitter the other day. I'm trying to learn the trumpet so I can make my own ska music. But we'll see if that turns out very well. You, you gotta have like 20 people in a ska band though. No, man. Uh, ska Tune Network is run by one person. They uh, oh, wow. do covers and stuff all by themselves. Um, I love that name. Oh, me too. Every ska band I've ever heard about has like 40 people in it all playing some kind of brass. It, oh, yeah. Um, God's insane. I don't think I will ever get into it. It it just it has never clicked for me. I don't know what it is. It's it's kind of it's it's very niche. Uh, I don't know if we'll ever have another big wave of it blowing up. But this fourth generation ska movement that's happening is a good time to try to get back into it if you wanted to with bands like We Are The Union or um, the Bruce Lee band is coming back and stuff like that. But um, yeah. it's definitely not for everybody. So, oh. yeah, we are missing Cody this week. <laughs> I didn't know if you were about to say that. No, okay. I was, no worries. Uh, he is out of commission this week because he is still driving and could not make it home in time for the pod. So we have Josh this week. And this week we are going to talk about uh, Adam and Aaron Nee's Band of Robbers. You care to give us a little background about it, Josh? Yeah, yeah. Josh actually picked this movie, so I'm going to let him take over for a second and give a little backstory on it. Yeah, so um, I found this movie on Netflix when I was still in high school. It is a retelling of The Adventures of Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn. In this iteration, the Knee brothers have decided that Mark Twain's characters do not find the treasure as children. They instead go across this adventure as adults in modern society. It's a movie about friends, and I'll watch any movie that's about uh, friendship and um actually the knee brothers younger brother sam knee is in a band called the last bandito that i interviewed for my show um almost last year you can listen to it right now it's up Thank like you on spotify God. yeah it's everywhere yeah it was cool because like he came in and was like you probably like people always talk about my brothers and i was like oh who are your brothers and he was like they did this movie like forever ago band of robbers and i was like band of robbers i've been watching that movie since like 2018 or 2017 when it came out and um he was like yeah and you know that's when i was making music on my soundcloud and i was like oh this was this your soundcloud name like i've been listening to you since then it was just super weird like kismet moment that i'm still like shook over it's always great to get to talk to your heroes yeah um well especially because you people online aren't real people like in your brain, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, you could be playing Xbox with somebody like every day for a year, but then like you see him in real life and you're like, oh, that's right. Like you're a person and it all clicked. I forgot you're not just an online presence. 
Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Josh, I know you love to watch movies. Have you seen anything recently, like within like the past week or so? Can we talk about Dispatches from Elsewhere? Because it's... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I haven't watched it, so... Um, you have to. Wait, what is it, what is it now? It's a TV show he was telling me about. Oh, okay. Uh, do you know um, Jason Siegel from How I Met Your Mother? Yes. Um, he wrote and produced this show for AMC called Dispatches from Elsewhere, and it's just about like this giant alternate reality game or like a scavenger hunt, and the characters in it don't know if it's real or not. And it's so I, I told Malachi last night that it was important to watch, and I still stand by that. I love the phrase important because it leaves so much to the imagination. I don't want to say too much about it because it is like a mystery kind of show. But I will say I haven't connected this much with a character immediately other than the pilot of this show. The character Peter that Jason Siegel plays, I just like immediately was like, oh, that's me. Done. I am now emotionally invested in what happens to you and the rest <laughs> of the characters in the show because of it. Um, I watched that and I watched um, Suspiria 2018 finally. Oh, I love that movie. Oh, me too. It's so, so good. I can't um, speak on it. I haven't seen the original, but that remake is so unique. Like, I've never seen anything like that movie. I, I think about that one scene at the end, like, all the time, where it's like, the screen is almost, like, completely red. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think of the context. I know it's, like, the climax of the movie, and, like, all the main characters, like, meet up in one room. It's the coven scene. Yeah, it, it's insane. Um, the, the crazy part about that movie is it's like four different movies in one. Like if you're being like super technical about it, there's more than one main character who like fully arcs and changes. And so when I got like 30 minutes in and you're introduced to the psychiatrist and, um, the new girl to the dance school and Tilda Swinton's character, I was like, there's no way you're going to be able to tie these things together in a way that my picky ass is going to be like, like it. <laughs> Um, so I was pleasantly surprised that I was stuck to the screen for the whole like two and a half hour runtime. What about you, Drew? Have you seen anything interesting? Um, well, I watched Band of Robbers last mm -hmm. night and let's see, I, I've been so busy with school. I really haven't watched like as much stuff as I would like to lately. I watched the other guys. I rewatched that the other night. That was really good. Nice. Um, I watched the master of disguise. Only high cinema. Oh Yeah. <laughs> Five-star film. It was uh, <laughs> very fun. I went to a film festival and saw some shorts, and that was a lot of fun. I think that's about it for the past week or so. Master okay. Disguise. Oh, God. Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Criterion, if I may say. Harvey. Comes in at a cool 80 minutes. Great, great movie. Love it. That movie's only 80 minutes long? It feels like 120 <laughs> when I watch it. Yeah, yeah. It's a... Uh, well, you know, it's it's uh, it's got some pacing issues, but you know, great movie, great movie nonetheless. They tried their best, and that's what we appreciate. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Dana Carvey's a visionary, man. <laughs> he is turtle <laughs> enough for the Turtle Club. If you were to ask me, I hate that. Didn't no no one ask? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's turtle enough. Did y'all see? I know this is, this is a little weird to bring up. That scene was actually filmed on nine eleven. The How turtle do you Club know that? That's the that's the third worst thing to happen in September two thousand one. What's number two? Oh, Freddy Got Fingered got released. Oh, that's a good movie. Yeah, but isn't that movie with Tom Green saying, "Daddy, would you like some sausage?" Would you like some sausages? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm obsessed with like analyzing that movie because I think it's secretly deep. It's important. It's so interesting. I've only seen clips from it, and I'm just like so interested in watching that movie. You got to watch it with people though for the full effect. It's kind of yeah. like um. It's kind of like the other guys. Like if you were to sit down by yourself and like really 
try to watch it like a like a full capital F film, it kind of falls apart. Yeah. I'm trying to think if I've seen anything recently. I think the the most interesting thing I've seen recently, I watched Last Black Man in San Francisco, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, other than that, I watched Guava Island with some friends because we needed something to burn an hour, and it's a cool 55 minutes. Yeah. I watched A Good Time, and I wasn't, uh, I wasn't the hottest fan of it. Really? I think Uncut Gems is better because I saw Uncut Gems first. I feel like the storylines are so similar and like the pacing and the like the film anxiety of like being running running around being chased. I just feel like I don't know. Like I was more intrigued by the comic relief that Uncut Gems had. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, I like it when like the str- like, the proverbial strings being pulled and you're just waiting on it to break. It almost never does for good time. And that's probably my favorite part. I just really like the Safdie brothers style. Like I, I think they're a really interesting group of directors and I'm very excited to see what they do next because I saw that they were making a Showtime series with Nathan Fielder. I don't know what's going to happen with that, but I'm super interested to see how that pans out. Every time I think about the Safdie brothers, all I can think of is how they use music to like transfer their scenes very yeah. heavily. Yeah, like it's yeah. always like loud, like really heavy electronic music that carries it from scene to scene, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, it's the it's the same guy that does the score for Good Time and Uncut Gems, and it's they're both very heavy and kind of scary and intense, but very yeah. good. I could have gone without Robert Pattinson making out with a minor on screen. God. <laughs> 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 the moment that popped on my screen, I was like, is that allowed? And no, yeah. it is not. I was like, bro, just turn the TV off. It's not that hard. All right, you guys ready to get in the band of robbers? Hell yeah, brother. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. All right. Um, so first things first. So we are gonna talk about what what okay, what category would y'all classify this movie as? I feel like it's just like a I don't know. I think it's like you're pretty simple friend's tale a little bit of adventure a little bit of a thriller in spots yeah comedy definitely comedy comedy drama i don't know if it's a drama it's not like super serious no but there are moments like um when huck and tom are talking in the widow's house and he's like i'd rather sweat it out in hell with with my buddy tom sawyer than shoot the shit with moses is very like it's a very low scene i love that line i don't know moses Moses and i aren't friends yes Yeah, I, I I think it's definitely a comedy. It is funny. Like I I'll get into you know what I liked and didn't like later. But like the movie is definitely funny. It it feels like uh kind of like a Coen Brothers light film cuz Malachi you were talking about it being kind of adventurous and I definitely got like big Coen Brothers vibes. It feels like a like a first film. It feels kind of rough in places. It it's still well made. It's a it's an entertaining comedy. Uh I I had a good time watching it and it's it's short like it's very short yeah yeah I, I i enjoyed it for the most part but yeah it's i i would say it's it's like a comedy and then we talked about the history of the movie a little bit with josh talking about his relation to the the knees but uh <laughs> <laughs> do we know anything about like the history or like the making of i know a little bit so be i don't obviously i'm not close with like the knee family but I do know that like when this movie was shown, not a lot of people came out. Uh, it's been on Netflix for a long time, so it doesn't have a high demand. But where it comes to Adam and Aaron Nee, they're both currently working bigger feature projects. 
I mean, do you know what they're working on now? They're working on the He-Man movie. Okay. See, I, I did some research and I saw that they were working on that and I didn't know how far along that was or if that was in like development hell or I know they're getting paid. Um I think it'd be cool to work on He Man. But um yeah. if there's articles about it then we're fine. I just didn't want to like have like my buddy tell me something and then me just like put it on the internet, you know? Yeah, sure. no no it's I, I think it's confirmed that they've started working on that. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I don't quite know how that would work. I mean, I, I don't get like any kind of He-Man vibe from Band of Robbers, but I, I'm excited to see how they're going to kind of switch their style up to a more fantasy type movie. I think they're in charge of like production aspects. I don't think they're doing the directing. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, I think they're on, they're on the cast and crew, but I don't think they have a lead position. I think what this means is over the next five years, the Knee Brothers will be doing something else that will have their name on the front. And this is like a stepping stone th- kind of deal. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope to see their their style kind of improve a little bit. I do like the movie a lot. I had a couple little nitpicks, but like for a debut film, it's it's pretty good. Like I, I really enjoyed it. I think with director's first films, you kind of have to watch it in a different lens. Like um, Birth of a Nation came out a couple years ago. And there's like a scene where a character is holding a corn husk and then he looks down and it's like a beating heart. And you could be like, well, that's a little much. But at the same time, like if this is the first if this is their first time, like going through the full production process and making something that everyone is going to see, then stuff like that's okay because they're not as uh, experienced as your Scorsese or your Russo brothers are today. I guess you can really only do that by making movies. I guess there's only one way to learn. If I recall correctly, I really enjoyed the way the movie was filmed. Um, yeah. like, like there's like the one scene where Huck is walking and like you see the sunset in front of him. You mean like the closing shot? Yep. Excuse me? Is, is that like the closing shot? Yeah, yeah, it's in the closing and I think it, I think it shows itself like a very little at the beginning. And I was a very big fan of that shot. I really like the... Uh, the basement scene where they're becoming the band of robbers. I think that's shot excellently. Having Adam Nee um, framed with the poster of the wolf pack and the beer bottles on the other side, I think is a very excellent touch. That isn't too in your face to be, hey, this is like we're framing in a frame, but we're not doing it in a very loud way. I, mean, I don't quite remember any like any of the score from this. There's not a lot. Yeah, I remember it being like kind of twangy, but. No, no, like big standouts. Uh, the credit song is Sandra When the Earth Dies by White Fence. And I like that song a lot. Of course, you know it. <laughs> I'm actually giving the movie like a little bit of an extra read. And I'm seeing a, that it's box office. How much do you think it got in the box office? Oh, they didn't make their money back. <laughs> it doesn't even it doesn't even say how much they spent. But their box office was 20,000. That makes sense. I, I think what's important here is that like. The Knee Brothers made the movie they wanted to. They're able to keep moving in their career for it. I don't think this movie will ever get like a giant cult following or anything, but it's cool. Yeah, I think so. I think it's like one of those situations where Childish Gambino, he said that he wanted to make an album that he would listen to as a kid. Yeah. And I feel like this movie is very much like that. Like we made a movie that I think our younger selves will be proud of. And I feel like that's a pretty, I feel like that's a pretty good accomplishment. Well, there's always that line that's like, Anytime, anytime a movie gets fully made is a miracle, and to a degree, I like uh, I believe in that saying. But also, like that's that's the advice I give everybody whenever they're working on something or like they're starting a new project and they don't know what direction to take it in. I'm like, well, what do you want to see? What do you want to read? What do you want to listen to? 
you're your only critic, in my opinion. All right. We can just go ahead and move into dialogue. What did y'all think of the writing? Uh, to have... to So all the characters speak um, different from each other, but they still speak in ways reminiscent of Mark Twain's original writing. Harper is a good example. To have Joe Harper be still sheepish, but still like unaware of it, a good way to show that is to have him be a bumper sticker maker. Like I think that's a very good touch. And I think his Matthew Gray Goobler's like scattered speech and sparse lines really help sell that as well. Plus I really like the line. Um, what is it? Um, we'll throw in a hole, throw fire on it, throw a grenade on it, throw a match on it, throw gasoline on it, set me on fire, send me to hell. I think that's just a very good line. <laughs> God, my, some of my favorite lines were for whatever reason said by Hannibal Burris, whenever they're all in the van outside the pawn shop. And they're talking about Injun Joe and about how his <laughs> name is racist. And then Hannibal comes up with the clip and he says, let me see. I have it typed down. It says, how is it racist to want to be more like another race? And I thought that line was so funny in contrast with the rest of what they were talking about. Oh, yeah. And then he throws out a couple of, <laughs> a couple of slurs <laughs> right before. God, I let out a good giggle upon um, hearing that scene. But I like Injun Joe's speech probably the most when he's talking to Harper. And he's explaining how he got like the scars on his face. Oh yeah, he's like, <laughs> what does he say? He's like, you might live and I might die, but who knows? You never Nobody know. knows what's gonna happen. Yeah, I got so carried away that I started cutting into my own face, and I got this far before I noticed. It's like, oh my god, like this guy's a psychopath. And I feel, and I feel like him saying that just goes to show just like how quick the movie can like turn. Because, like, his character, like, near the ending of the movie, whenever he gets shot, it's so fast. Like, it happens so quick. Yeah. Um, That's one of my biggest praises for this movie is that it's not done by the main characters. Because in Tom Sawyer, Engine Joe dies uh, from a cave-in, if I remember correctly. If I'm not, please, you know, reach out to me on Twitter and yell at me. But um, having him be taken out by an old woman as the main characters are sprinting away from the scene is like very fitting to both the original text and the, the theme overall this movie is going for. I'm really not familiar with like the original text. I am just kind of taking the movie at face value. Right. Which you should. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I didn't quite connect with the characters just because I didn't know their motives. Right. I, I thought the movie was well written and like it was snappy and like, yeah, there was there was some funny parts, but it just it felt kind of disjointed, and I felt like if there was a little more room to, if there was more runtime, I feel like they could do more with it. It just felt like they wrapped everything up so quick near the end. It feels like they just kind of rush into uh, the the hotel scene, right? It felt like there wasn't any build up to that. It was just like, oh, okay, we're we're here now. I it just it all moved so. Like a little bit too quick, it doesn't let you really sit with anything, which works yeah. for some movies, but it just didn't like click for me with this for some reason. Um, and I, I guess that goes into editing as well. It just felt kind of off. Yeah, I like I like that it's like that though, because I definitely agree that like uh, you you are moving faster than sometimes you feel like it though. But I feel like that fits with the idea that like nobody involved knows what they're doing. Like Becky Thatcher's brand new to the force. Tom Sawyer isn't thinking seriously about what he's doing. And Huckleberry Finn is only moving along because he's not thinking about it. Like, so it kind of like, to me, it like kind of mirrors this idea of falling into it. 
Unless I'm looking too deep, which is also likely. <laughs> the one thing that I remember about the movie, like really sticking out to me that I thought was a bit strange is like, it doesn't even tell you how Tom and Huck became friends with all the rest of the band of robbers. Like, how did they know the guy whose basement they were hanging out in? Because this guy's been in prison for how long? Like, it never really said. What did he go to prison for? It never really said. And like the way, like there's like a scene where I think it's like at the very end where it kind of sounds like Huck went to jail whenever he was hang, like he was doing something else with Tom that he got caught up in, and Tom didn't because he he talks so highly about how Tom. He's like maybe he got the girl of his dreams. Maybe he maybe she's the only visitor that he gets in prison. Maybe he'll be the hero. He'll get a key to the city. And it sounds like Huck got caught up in one of his adventures and like paid the price for it. Oh, no. Um, That's like it's like the ending of Baby Driver where it's like, ideally, this is what I want. You know, in Baby Driver, Angel Elgort stands up and walks out of prison, you know, mm-hmm. Um, and this it's like nothing would surprise me. It's the I think the line is nothing would surprise me with Tom. So like all these things could be happening. He could be in love with Becky. He could have been pardoned. He could have been detective. But they're no longer uh, affiliated. But now that I think about it, I think you guys are right. Like I think if you don't know Huck Finn and Tom Sawyer, then there's not really a lot of background for any of these characters. And I think that is a fault. Does it cover a lot of that in the books? Oh, yeah. Uh, Tom Sawyer is an or- They talk about it. There's a line in the movie where it's like us orphans have to stick together. But Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn are both orphans. Huck Finn's almost almost a wild child. They like build a raft together at a point and hang out with this guy named Inward Joe. <laughs> I do um, remember that. <laughs> yeah, um, it's Mark Twain, you know. Um, Shout um, out Mississippi. They are. I mean, they are best friends. Uh, Lieutenant Polly from the movie is Tom Sawyer's Aunt Polly in real life, and stuff like that. There's a lot of scenes in the movie that are very well reimagined, like um, in the book Tom Sawyer. People do think that he died. Him and his friends are dead. And everyone sits, everyone in town sits around and just talks shit about Tom. They're like, he's a wild child. He doesn't listen to anyone. He's disrespectful. He sneaks out of the house when he's not supposed to. And then when they realize that Tom's alive and he comes back to town with like treasure and everything, they throw him a parade. But in the movie, it's a op-ed piece they find online talking shit about the idea of cops doing the law into their own hands. And I think that's so funny. I don't think the movie had like a huge impact. Just because it made like what, twenty twenty thousand dollars, twenty thousand dollars, yeah. <laughs> and it probably cost probably like at least a couple of thousand, a couple of hundred thousand to make. Yeah, I don't see the budget on Wikipedia at all. It grossed twenty thousand five hundred fifty-five dollars. Premiered at the LA Film Festival in June of twenty fifteen. Like I'd never heard of this movie before. Um, before we were going to do it for the pod. And I, I don't know if it really has any like cultural impact. I, th- I think it's like a, a cult movie, like a very small cult movie. The cult being Josh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this movie has a lot of personal weight for me. But yeah, like I said, I don't think it's going to stay around for forever. But I do appreciate that it was made. Yeah, it's it's a neat little movie. I really don't have any like strong feelings towards it. Like it, it's I don't want to say it's like middle of the road. But I, I kind of feel that way. It just didn't leave like a huge impact. But it it is a fun ride. It, it's a it's a good way to kill like an hour and a half. And there are a lot of like well written like funny parts. Like I I thought it was gonna be kind of hokey going into it. The the reimagining of like Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn. 
But I kind of like the way it turned out, honestly. Like, I really like the character of Tom. I thought the dude that played him. I think it's one of the knees. Yeah, it's Adam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Adam, yeah. I thought he did really good. Uh, his introduction was great. I really liked that bit with him and the woman in the the office where he talks about like his duties and he says policeman <laughs> policeman you would describe your duties as a policeman as policeman um <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see i took a couple notes on it last night uh i like the the guy i forget his name the guy that they stay in his basement that guy's wife very funny she didn't really do a lot but... that's um in the book that's a woman who has fe- uh, not a woman but a girl who has feelings for tom that tom like ignores uh, and, and so in the movie, that's Tom's ex-fiance. Hmm. Also, the bit with Hannibal Burris in the pawn shop, and he like puts <laughs> the stuff on his face, and he says his name's Greg Knife. Greg Knife. <laughs> Fucking killed me. I thought that was so funny. He's a hostage. That... He's wearing a mask. <laughs> I think the funniest scene is right afterwards, where he's like, he had a tattoo of a mermaid riding a snake. Side saddle. Side saddle. <laughs> <laughs> Also, the part I have it in my notes. I forgot the context of it, but there was a bit about like a Bible joke. Yeah, that's walking in, and she's like, "Oh, he's just telling like a good Bible joke." That's uh, the widow. Yes, Beth Grant. Um, What is what does the widow have anything to do with Huck? Like, why was she so willing to take him in? That's what she does. Ah, I. That's my favorite scene in the movie is Huck and Tom at the widow's house. Meow. <laughs> yeah, fuck, meow. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so, final thoughts. What, what do we think of this movie? Malachi, you want to go ahead and start? Um, I'll say it was a fine movie. Like, I thought it was a bit racist in parts, but I feel like <laughs> I feel like yeah. it did it in a very like it did it in a very funny way in spots, other spots where it like kind of made it uncomfortable, which I feel like racism does anyway. My I think like my one biggest gripe i think is i feel like tom and huck's character should have been swapped like i feel like their casting is weird to me like i feel like tom is so dopey at in the very beginning i was like oh yeah you would think huckabee would be or you'd think huck would be the weird one after like being in and out of prison living in a bus like for most of his young life and i don't know i just thought that was i thought that was weird yeah, Huck seems like weirdly adjusted. Yeah, for sure. And like I thought that was very strange. But I mean, other than that, I would say I gave it like, uh, uh, I would, I'd say it's probably like two and a half stars ish, two and a half out of five. Yeah, yeah, I give it a three out of five. It's not like great, but Josh, yeah, you go ahead. Good. Um. I saw this movie at like the perfect time to like it. It was two o'clock in the morning, my junior year of high school on a, on a Tuesday. Again, like I said, I'll watch any movie about friends. I think the cinematography is great and the coloring is great. Uh, so I'd probably give this movie like a three and a half or a four out of five stars. I, I didn't love it. Like it had good aspects, but it just feels kind of rough and a little rushed. Um, I give it a three. I, I think it's like a slightly above average movie, but it's like nothing to write home about. But it, it's a fun little ride. I'm glad you showed it to us. I really yeah, am. Yeah, I, don't I feel like dislike it at all. I like showing this movie to people because, like, I have a very weird taste, and I think this movie kind of exemplifies that. Where it's like 
uh, like, hey, if you're into that, like, like, like you said, like rough around the edges, like indie stuff, I think this is a good movie for you to see. I've been trying to get my dad to watch it for years just because it's like (laughs) like i know if you sit down to watch it you will but it's a very hard movie to sell um so i'm glad you guys took the time to watch it and and if we can get one person to watch it from this then it's a win mr freeman please watch this movie (laughs) josh when you're listening um in a couple days (laughs) tell your dad to watch the movie so do you have you guys talked about your favorite films like what's your favorite films of all time Ooh, hmm. all time. Yeah. Yeah, it well, changes. Yeah. Well, changes every two weeks. Mine has been the same for the last little while. Like, it's been Moonrise Kingdom probably since I saw it in, I guess I saw that movie probably like, right after I graduated from high school. So that was probably like late 2013. I was like right at that in-between period of not doing anything for my summer and I remember looking up a list of movies, like the 10 best movies you probably didn't see. And that was like my first inter- introduction to Wes Anderson. And the more I watched the movie, and I very rarely ever watch movies more than once, but like I'll watch like write-ups about it or like hidden thoughts or just like people critiquing the movie. And I feel like it always ends up showing me just more of the reason why I like it so much. So I'd probably, I'm probably still standing by that Moonrise Kingdom was probably my favorite movie. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Josh, what, what's your favorite movie of all time? Um, it's tied between two, which I know is like a cheat answer, but um, Little Miss Sunshine is just a great movie. It's a road trip movie about connecting with your family. Uh, it's got Paul Dano in it. I love it so much. And then my other favorite movie is Green Room by uh, Jeremy Saulnier. It is a movie about a punk rock band who gets locked in a bar full of uh, neo-Nazis. I have it on my watch list. Yeah. Uh, that movie I recommend to a lot of people because the lighting in it is so good. Like there's a scene where the only light is a, like a cigarette lighter. So you can barely see anything, but it, very, it fills the room in a very unique way. Um, let's see. If, if Josh can pick two, I'm also going to pick two. Dang, <laughs> yeah. Malachi, you can't pick two. Sorry. Yeah, you. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, see. So for one of them, I'm gonna pick Magnolia by Paul Thomas Anderson. Oh yeah, uh, I really love that movie. I think it is like perfect. It's like a big ensemble movie, and all of the stories are important and like linked together, and it is very emotional and funny. And it is like a perfect movie. I love it so much. And then for the second one, Marriage Story. Oh no! <laughs> no. I gotta no. go. Um, I haven't seen it in a while, but Blade Runner. Right. I like really, really like Blade Runner. Um, I I think I've only ever seen the final cut, but I've seen it twice. But uh. Yeah, it's it's one of my favorites. It's a great sci-fi movie. Um, Harrison Ford, awesome. Great cinematography. It's very rainy. The dialogue is good. It's like a noir-esque. I, I mean, I'm sure y'all have seen Blade Runner. Yeah. Um, <coughs> have you not seen Blade Runner? No. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Blade Runner and Magnolia are both <laughs> really good. Dang, so, targeted. <laughs> <laughs> Malachi, what's your other favorite movie? What do you got? Um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Nice. God, it's just so well done. 
Like, there are very few animated movies that I feel like I can connect to in that way. I almost cried when I saw it the first time. God, it's so good. And I think it it only helps because, like, I'm, like, a huge Spider-Man nerd. And it's the whole idea about, it's like, anyone could be behind the mask. Like, great power comes great responsibility, blah, 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 blah. But it's just, uh, it's just so nice to be able to, like put yourself in that situation where you can like overcome adversity. And I feel like it's a really, it's a really powerful movie to watch. Would you say it was an important film? I would say it's important. I would say it's more important than Tom Holland's movies. Yeah. And I think calling a, calling a story is important is one of the like best compliments you can give it. I think we have wrapped up our band of robbers discussion. Yay. Yay. The big question is, what are we going to watch next week? Whenever we have Cody back, it would be really, it would be really interesting to do like, like if we had a special where we did like an anthology show. Yeah, where we just like went through and did like a bunch of like rapid fire, like quick thoughts about a bunch of different episodes from like something like Black Mirror. We could all watch Bandersnatch yeah. and then compare thoughts, compare endings. Uh, Bandersnatch oh. is fine. Bandersnatch is video. Bandersnatch is video games for people who don't play video games. Can't relate to that. <laughs> um, yeah, we will decide a movie to do. We'll keep it a secret until then. <laughs> Flip it so it's marketable. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was good talking to you, Josh. I'm yeah, glad a lot of fun. About this movie. I enjoyed yeah. watching it. Uh, Ghost Stream Band of Robbers on Netflix and maybe other platforms. We watched it on Netflix. Uh, everywhere else you have to rent it. Um, but please don't, uh, please don't steal this movie. Um, Usually I'm all for like streaming wherever, but like we talked about this movie didn't have a return and it's a it's a project of love. So like if you can, it's like two bucks on YouTube. Josh, you wanna give a you wanna give a last shout out to your podcast? No, please. Um follow me on Twitter at the Little Guys Three. Every Thursday I've got uh, a different interview with a different artist. Uh Mike Park, Mark Whalen, uh Peter Donnelly, uh Chloe Bridges, just uh uh, mom rock the band like laundry there's just some great stuff coming the way uh and i'd be doing a disservice if i didn't try to get you guys to come listen to it so uh yeah so the little guys three on twitter very all right. cool very cool sounds right. good yeah, cool. well i guess we'll see you guys soon next episode tba until then until then catch you later all right see you guys see Bye. ya get out of here craig